I stole this one from Jordan, but when there was some point in the movie, she was like, oh, Chiron is shy. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's so simple, Jordan. Yeah. Hello, fellow fumblers, and welcome to another episode of the Film Fumblers podcast, the show where four friends, sometimes three, fumble through your favorite films. Today, we're reviewing Moonlight, a movie released in 2016 and directed by Barry Jenkins. Without further ado, my name's Adrian. I'm Jay. And I'm Taryn. All right. Yeah, no James tonight. Couldn't make it for this one, but which is, you know, I'd be curious to see what he had to say about this one. And I don't know if he's going to watch all of this live, at least, because he says he hadn't watched the movie just yet. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm also interested. interested in his opinion. All right, let's take this shot really quick before we forget. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, that was bad. Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh. I'm awake now. Oh, man. What did you shoot? Just Tito's, man. Ugh. Tito's, and then Taryn's drinking Adobe Igloo. That's like a malty beer. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, that's probably not great to chase with. Neither is an IPA. I've said this probably the last three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like, what am I going to get another drink for a chaser, you know? It's like, you got to yeah, do what you yeah. got to do. Yeah. You got you to gotta do what you got to do. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, so we're launching in, um, celebrating Black History Month. Uh, it is the beginning of February. This is our first move, first movie of February 2021. Yeah, Moonlight. Um, let's get right into it. I had heard about this. Okay, so first, first and foremost, A24. So in Jay's mind, I already imagine. Oh, he's wearing the A24. <laughs> wearing the A24 shirt right now. J24 is in chat. J24. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to think how many other A24s I've seen. I've maybe only seen like, I, I think I've seen less than five A24s, I'm being honest. Really? I I'm like so. at 10 or more, I think. Wow. Well, you seem but, to watch a few more and maybe you'll be converted too. Well, oh man, now that I think about it, Lighthouse is also A24. Yeah. yeah. Lighthouse, the, is the witch? Project. Yeah. Is the witch? The witch. Um, and then, of course, Midsummer and Hereditary. Okay, so I've seen yeah, quite a few. Seen yeah. I've seen a few. I've seen a few. And now Moonlight. Okay, um, so did that color your uh, interest or opinion going into the movie? Does that does that you know, affect you yet or at all? Okay, okay. I think it may have a little bit and maybe to its detriment. And I, 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 I hate to say that because I remember, so I was watching... I wanted to watch this movie with um, my girlfriend, Samantha, and I was like, all right, like, it's A24, and, like, I, I text her that, and when she got to my house, she's like, I'm not quite sure if I know what that means. Like, A24 <laughs> is the production company with the Hereditary and Midsommar. They got good taste. Like, oh, okay, 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 okay. And so um, I was just super, like, yeah, yeah, this this movie. This hyping it up. Movie, you know? Super hyping it up. And so that's probably not a great thing. To go into any movie, to be fair, with just – Oh, I like the production company, so it's <laughs> gonna be amazing. Once you convert, uh, it takes all that away. You just walk in. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you're, I mean, that's funny. So, I, I'm like on both of your sides because, like, 
I love A24. I'll walk into any movie ready and willing for whatever they want to throw at me. But yeah. I feel like for this movie specifically, it was a uh, little overheights for me, like in that sense. So it's interesting. No, I, both, yeah. both things. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is this both your first time watching it? Yeah. 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 Okay. This movie, we were going to review this a long time ago. It was like, I think it almost won on, we were doing like a gauntlet and it was like second place or something. We were really close to doing it. I think it was an A24 gauntlet, probably. Um, so I was really looking forward to watching it. And then finally, we got the other opportunity to watch it. So yeah, I was excited yeah. for sure going in. Um, my second time. Okay. It, so. Second time. Yeah. Nice. So I want to start out with this very interesting fact about this movie. So the budget for this was $1.5 This movie won best it won the um the oscar for best motion picture in 2016. this movie had the smallest budget for a movie that won best picture since rocky yeah it's like the second lowest right or something but like rocky ever had, yeah ever but rocky had a budget of 1.1 million but that was 1976 dollars true so if you wow. adjust for inflation this movie has the lowest budget to win Best Picture of all time. That's so bad. Which badass. is kind of fucking crazy. Yeah. That's really fucking cool. There's a lot of firsts in, yeah. that, in that category. It's like, let's see. The first with an all-black cast, the first LGBTQ-related film, and the yeah second lowest-grossing film, I guess, to win Best Picture. I feel like it should, be for, it should be for, like They should just consider that first. 1976. Well, so it's behind the, Lur- the Hurt Locker. Second lowest. Oh, oh, grossing. Sorry, how much money it made. Sorry. Oh, I see. I see. So uh, wow, yeah, it's got both of those lowest budget and lowest damn. money. That's crazy. Wasn't there like a little fiasco about that? Like at the because the person that announced it accidentally said La La Land or something. Oh no! Was it like the? Uh, wasn't that this? Oh, I think shit. it was this. Let me see. I think it was the year. So was it Steve sense. Harvey announcing it? It might have been. <laughs> Ah, shit. All right, um, keep talking. I'm looking. No, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but either way, I mean, that's that's like insanely impressive. It also won the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture. It won um, Best Supporting Role. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Mahershala Ali won that. Mahershala. That was, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then um, Best Adapted Screenplay. So, yeah. Is, it's based on a play, right? Or it takes yeah. influence from a play? Yeah, that was the the writer had. The writer is different from the director. What is his name? They both wrote it. The writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the director, yeah. But he helped write the screenplay for the movie. Yeah, all the stuff that happens is kind of like a fusion of their past, basically, which is pretty Ah, sick. Honestly, that's a cool idea to make a movie about like two different people's lives. If it was like Mm -hmm. one. Really cool. Yeah. My mistake. And Adele the... Romanski is the producer. I'm sorry. The screenplay is written by um, Barry Jenkins and also uh, story is by Terrell Elvin McCraney. McCraney? Yeah. So yeah. he wrote the play in like 2003 mm-hmm. or something. And they and then he just like put it away, basically. And like the opportunity came up to make something like this and yeah. decided to like dust it off and make it happen. Which is always interesting to me how like especially in 2003 i mean i can't even like think back to that time 
know. We were 10. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard to say what was going on in the world, but like to write something like this in that time, like write any time earlier than when it That's was. That's true. It's yeah. like you're just getting crazier and crazier as you go back. Um, but yeah, it's this movie is there's like a lot. There's a lot here, right? There's like many layers. There's there's I mean, it, for me, like I I wasn't sure how I felt about it being told the way it was, like in three parts. Mm -hmm. But that's very much play esque, right? Acts, yep. yeah. Acts. Three. Um, and after the second time watching it, I decided that I really like it. Like the the first part, right? And you know, which opens with like a title card. Any movie that has title cards is probably really good. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> love it. Uh, love title cards. <laughs> <laughs> all um, that shit but it opens with chapter one right act one which is called little little yeah and it's when we see chiron's childhood right mm -hmm. and it opens the movie opens with this beautiful like like rotating shot like they're Dizzy, just, like, constantly dude. like circling right and they use these lenses this is the thing i noticed on my second viewing they use these lenses that basically create like a very blurred background that at the like fringes of the edge of the frame kind of morph they they go into like a circular it like moves isn't there like a tree is still it kind it's of almost like a fish eye thing there's or? a name for that right Not isn't really. that called chromatic aberration kind of, isn't that what that is it's like uh, in the lens world they call it like a swirly bokeh so like that <laughs> is like all right alex swirly bokeh yeah. better swirly bokeh that sounds I like think a that's how you say the word. It's bokeh or bokeh or something like that um, but basically, yeah, it takes the background, right? Because there's the dynamic range and it separates it from what you're seeing. Mm. But if it blends it and it kind of gives it this like circular warping. And a lot of people use those lenses to like kind of show like a dream or like a memory mm, or like yeah. an Make altered it look reality. Like fuzzy, like, yeah. Yeah. And it is very fuzzy, right? It's like very bright and it does look kind of dreamlike, but it is like a memory. It's like the past, right? You're, you're starting at the beginning but it's right. like, this has already happened. So does it so drop really that later? It. it does, yeah. Nice, that's cool. Um, in the third in the third act, it drops it completely, but in the second act, it gets a little bit... Uh, yeah, I like saw... Lessened. I didn't look too far into it, but I saw somewhere that each act, they use like a different kind of film, I think. They used... Um, the goal was that they, they colored and edited the footage to emulate different film stocks yeah, from sure. different providers like fuji kodak whatever mm. uh, so each act has a different look that kind of matches that yeah but they also like correlate with you know where we are in the timeline and shit like that it's really cool like yeah. just Whoa. small That's detail really, stuff yeah. but it's awesome and i didn't no even notice that the first time i watched this yeah i didn't even notice the what is it called? I already forgot the name that you said. Swirly. Swirly. Swirly I didn't notice yeah. that exact I thing. But I did notice, like, it was. I don't know if it was, like, blurry or, like, something, right? It would just fell off at the beginning. Like, mm. behind, especially when Mahershala Ali was, like, just in the frame by himself, like, on the street and stuff. I was like, is this, yeah, like, right. a fake background? Why does it look so weird? But I guess that explains it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's really, it's really cool to see that stuff used. And that what's cool even more so is like, those are things that you don't have to do later. Like the lens can just do that itself. So it's like cheap to do. 
but it's not really done as often as you think. Yeah, I like that it's like has a narrative purpose too. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that adds a lot for sure. That it, it's relevant to like the sequence of the movie. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, as we kind of mentioned, it's three acts essentially, and there are three um, lead actors who play the part of main character Chiron. So, yeah, the first, I don't know. It's weird. Okay. I feel like the first um, act with Chiron, with Little, the act Little, was like for sure my favorite, I think. It was like my favorite chunk of the movie. And I think the second act was my second favorite and the third act was probably my third favorite. So <laughs> I think, and then not, the, not that the third was bad necessarily. I think, I don't know. I, part of me wishes that with the first act, like there was so much storytelling that was happening and I think it was just like everything was so intense and you had like Juan as the mentor and that whole relationship with Juan and Chiron. I like love that. Like I love that every time they were on screen together, I was so captivated. And um, spoiler alert, uh, next, the next act, we, we, we just learned that Juan died, that he passed yeah, away. Dude. Yeah, dude. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like. We and we learned it in such a weird way too. Like, I think um, what's what's the girl's name? Teresa. That Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. She just kind of like casually mentions something that maybe alludes to him not being there, and then his mom says like, "Oh, I haven't seen Teresa since the funeral." Yeah. And Juan's not on screen, and you're just like, "Okay." It's like two lines in the whole movie. Well, right. that kid, and, and then, then the kid the gives kid, a shit. The kid, for the it. bully, does say it eventually. He oh, says, yeah, like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. after he's been dead for a minute, huh?" Yeah, like he says. Yeah. But I was just like, fuck, man. I, I, I was honestly really disappointed when Juan, when they killed Juan's character, or Juan, because I felt like that relationship could have had so much more to go to, like, to endure. But at the same time, like, it also fits, which I think we'll find later when we get into other, other topics, but it, it kind of fits the, the whole real-life narrative where, I mean... Juan's a drug dealer like he's that's right. a that's a risky job right like you don't you don't know when you're coming home like anything could go wrong right in a drug deal so yeah that's what like Juan I mean Juan as a character is very interesting but the relationship that they have is like it's just so deep there's so many yeah. layers Bonds. it's so complicated like he Chiron you know we we learned that Juan's a drug dealer um it's clear that they live in like you know housing projects, neighborhoods. A lot of this stuff is abandoned. Um, it's clear that Chiron's been probably bullied his whole life, and all of that happens in like the first like ten minutes, you know. Yeah. Very and then true. you learn that Chiron's mother is like a drug addict, right, and a prostitute, and doing all kinds of shit. And when Chiron, who's what maybe like six, seven years old at this point. Yeah, is piecing this together, and they're having like dinner or whatever. Oh, at dude, Juan and Teresa, oh, heartbreaking. Asking dude. all those questions, where he puts together basically that like, Juan, you're a drug dealer, right? And he's like, yeah, and he's ashamed, right? Because he really does care for Chiron, which is interesting. Right. But then he's like, and my mom does drugs, doesn't she? And he's like, yeah. And so he's like, <laughs> you're enabling my mom to you know do this and like abandon me basically, and like. That whole thing, just like <laughs> that scene, just fucking drops on you like a yeah. ton of bricks, dude. Yeah, well, there's another element that that is really noteworthy here, where 
all of the kids are calling him are calling him gay like calling them the very you know very no no word for gay and he's just like what is that he's asking what it is because he's being right. called it constantly and he just asks like am i am i that like is that who I and teresa says a beautiful thing which is like the perfect thing that you would say to a kid in that situation is like you don't have to know right now like you don't have to this right, isn't the yeah. time for you to have to figure that out which his his sexuality is like this whole other um like just throws this whole other wrench into like living in this fucked up world where he doesn't have a father his male uh father figure is a drug dealer seemingly you know like a very good guy but, but a drug dealer nonetheless and right. his mom is addicted to crack yeah so and yeah. even like surrounded by kids like just all of them are just like i don't know infected with this toxic masculinity that's just fucking him up so much more because i don't know there's just like this expectation right. for all these kids to be like manly and all this stuff you gotta um, be hard dude. yeah and yeah. that's that's what was like actually a, a little bit relatable in this for me is like growing up i mean we okay we grew up in the what poorest fucking state in the country if not the poorest then close to it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we went to some of the worst schools in the country like no doubt about it right so like I there was like a sense of like you had to be hard when I was like young, right? When I was like growing up in like elementary school even and shit. Like people were fucking mean and like Yeah, dude. Yeah. Even in middle school, especially in middle school. Yeah, for we sure. all kind of like found our group and it wasn't really a big deal after that, but like there was a lot of times where you know, you were in like gym class or just walking the halls and like I had people that would just like shove like doors into me and shit just to like do it. Like yeah. they were hard and I was like, what the fuck dude? This is so weird. Yeah, but dude. like, you know, for, for a lot of people, like that's the reality. And if you show weakness, then you get it right? more. Yeah. Eat you alive. Yeah. But, yeah. I was actually I mean, thinking about that too. <laughs> Middle school, like yeah. getting bullied. And then I remember like standing up one time and then like, they're just like, all right, you're cool now because we did that. But like, if I didn't do that, <laughs> they just keep doing it. It's like, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you, man? I know. And it's, and it's not like our situations were nearly the same, were the same as Sharon's at yeah. all, like on a like yeah. socioeconomic level. Right. Which is like a whole other thing. Like this is why Juan's a drug dealer. Right. Like there's just, a lot of systems in place that you know cause these things to happen and, and we weren't there but we were like pretty low i would say on the totem pole and uh it showed like a lot of the kids that we went to school with yeah. kind of came from similar backgrounds and yeah and uh yeah they they acted hard and you know it, which is like so interesting to see the progression of the characters over the length of the movie right like seeing mm -hmm. how Chiron ends up versus how uh Kevin ends up, right? Yeah. Like both very different, but still real life, like still really actually happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um one other interesting thing so that I that I saw was the director intentionally made it so the three actors that play Chiron did not um associate like did not communicate with one another during production like which i thought was an interesting choice because it felt like it felt like you followed chiron and his story and like the progressions or the changes i guess an actor felt pretty natural and felt like like okay yeah they i, I remember saying like when I, while i was watching i was like i think they casted 
uh, especially the, like the second Chiron, like really well. Like it just felt, it just felt uh, the transition felt really smooth. But they didn't have any communication with one another, which was which was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was. He said like so they don't copy each other or something. It's like yeah, it's so weird because like, it's supposed to be the, the same person, but it's like but that's just you would think, how yeah. Yeah, you would think that he would want them to emulate how the other person was on screen, but just an interesting directing choice that I think worked out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It shows how much he changed because he's not like he was even like a couple decades before each time. Did you feel like that worked? Like the actors that they chose to portray him at each stage? Yeah, I think Um, so for sure. I I think the the one that really worked was the the first act and the second act. So the first act was what called Little and the second was was the second called Black or was it called it's just Chiron. Chiron. Okay. Um that that transition felt the most natural and I think the third I don't know, but that's the thing is like the third Chiron has gone through hell. Like he's gone through I, fucking hell and that was the turning point that was like the coming of age where he literally had to make a decision to be to like fall into this you know whatever you want to call it like toxic masculinity thing where like he's just like no i'm gonna be a fucking man i'm gonna be hard like no one's gonna fuck with me like that was the that was the what he had to fall into so of course he would be the most different after that transition yeah it felt like the biggest time jump i don't know if they say like years or anything like how long it's been between each one but that one felt like the longest jump i guess yeah makes sense i think kevin mentions that it has been like 10 years i think he says a decade when he okay. called them okay so he was probably so like what, mid-20s like, now at the end he was probably yeah like yeah. 16 and in, in the mid to late 20s in high school and then yeah he was yeah he seemed like mid-20s so but yeah and then again you know to add the whole layer of him um struggling with his sexual identity right like in this you know world where you have to be such a a man or you're going to get bullied was i don't know it was it was really like i don't know what the word is it was like uncomfortable watching i was like fuck like this is so you just felt i felt a lot for the for the character like i felt for Chiron a lot and i empathized a lot just with like how hard that must have been kind of thing i guess sympathy yeah. is probably the better word than empathy but yeah i was gonna say uh that yeah. this that made me this movie made me think of i think it's a quote from roger ebert i'm not totally sure on that but he basically says like movies are empathy machines like that's this movie is such a good example of that i think because it's like not a common like mm-hmm. perspective and like it makes you fucking feel it dude it's fucking really good at it i think yeah yeah and it's like this is where the movie is like it, it really really uh, i mean in my opinion this movie is like a borderline masterpiece just because like they're you're telling this very complex thing right of like not only like are you just in this like really hard situation to begin with but now like you're trying to figure out you know who you are you're coming to terms with the fact that like you probably are gay right in this world and this is being this is the story being told through a lens right of like 
this like art film style yeah but the subject matter is like gritty and like raw you know and like i don't know it's it's the two sides right the two sides of the coin are always present in the movie whether it's the the shots that we see the like art art film style shots whether it's the music where it's like classical orchestrated music but playing hip-hop things right like mm-hmm. all of these elements are being fused all the time throughout the whole movie and it's like so fucking good every time it's it's kind of insane yeah. and it is like this is a new it was i guess a new space for characters like this to be presented in these kinds of films like this just wasn't like an art house style film before this movie like what, what do you mean by uh characters like this like like people I mean, I would say not only like, you know, black people in poverty or in mm-hmm. rough situations of drug dealing and shit like that, but also, I mean, as far as I know, like also gay people and and putting them in the same place. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. All of that, because like art film, traditionally, right, is like, basically just like, probably lower budget, independent, weird, subject matter made for aesthetics, not for mass appeal type of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's never it's never about something like this, you know? True. It's and it's so this was like a very They're like more abstract usually and this is like very grounded and real. Yeah, yeah. It still has the elements of like aesthetics and thought you know, thinking things through and a lot of symbolism and a lot of shit like that. But mm-hmm. um it just grips you in like a totally different way. And Yeah. It yeah. in in a lot of ways for me there was there was times where it felt like too real. Like I think um, maybe I'm just hardwired and trained in watching movies that, you know, you you see a love story develop and you see romance develop between two characters, and it's like this um, A to B type of thing where like, you know, at first they meet and then they like kind of flirt with each other, and then they fall in love then they're intimate and then they go on and have this relationship right it's like this very linear path Mm -hmm. and you know in reality that's not how things happen all the time and and i think especially when you're growing up in this type of world specifically speaking about chiron and kevin's relationship and how they have this it's like this uh like brotherly like you're my homie kind of love for each other but also there's some intimacy there and but once the intimacy starts you think like okay are they gonna like go on and like be in a relationship no that's not how it happens at all and so there were times where i i think my my brain was just trying to go that way and uh it it, it didn't happen so it was breaking this weird pattern that i set out and was interesting to get it used to I, i don't know this movie probably needs another watch for sure to to kind of deal with that and to kind of you know and you see like it starts right even in the first act where they are like wrestling in the park like there's like it's both things it's i'm trying to be hard but then like i'm like exploring this like what is Mm -hmm. what are we doing what does this feel like to me you know yeah and just like the the complication of like that you must feel like going through that i don't know it's crazy and the way that they shoot it like where the shots are drawn out they're kind of long and you know you're so close it dude and, yeah it's very close in it's very intimate and it does make you like 
kind of think like holy shit like this is this is deep right and it just it just goes up from there like in the second act it gets even more complicated because they do actually like get real intimate on the beach right which that scene felt like a fucking dream at first because he kevin just shows up out of nowhere (laughs) like what the fuck is happening yeah but then they like then kevin has to fight him you know and then that just adds like a whole you know but we see both sides again there's the getting intimate what are we doing and kind of exploring themselves mm-hmm. and then being forced to be hard and like show, you know, that they're not to be like fucked with or whatever. And yeah. And, and even that, even that scene where he, what's the bully's name? He makes him punch. I don't, I don't know. He makes Kevin punch Chiron. Even there, Kevin is like trying to be like, stay down, like stop yeah. getting up because I don't want to hurt you. But Chiron is like, no, I got to prove that I'm not, you know, like yeah. I'm not a pussy. And it's like, holy the, shit, this whole, it, that scene is fucking crazy. Yeah, man. it's like, not only like, I got to be hard, but it's also like, you don't want to hit me. Stop fucking hitting me kind of thing. Like, he's like, yeah, like he's testing mad. him, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, are you going to stand up for me? Or yeah, is yeah. That, right. Know? Yeah. Because Kevin is in this weird thing where Kevin... You know he's he his uh sexuality is in this in this weird place where he's still hooking up with girls seemingly right but he does have he does have that like curiosity um whatever you want to call it and but he's he's on this other side of it where all everyone at school is like he's the cool guy you know he's still like fucks bitches gets money like he's just like yeah like the bully comes up to him is like yo what up like they're 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 cool and so Kevin has to maintain that status. Yeah. So that's what like they they you know every character they there's so much on the line right like and it's it's it sounds so silly but because they're just in high school but this is their livelihood this is their life like this is right. in some cases life or death right like yeah yeah you know. and I the whole like kind of like symbolism of the ocean and the constant like and the constant appearance of waves water you know mm-hmm. in this movie is kind of like a big like representation of that like i think there's pieces where one kind of drops like little nuggets of knowledge to chiron about the ocean and how you know at it at at the same time is feeling like you can float and be free but it also carries like the waves carry like a certain force like that do make mm-hmm. you it can just take you at any time you know which is kind of like how he lives like day to day yeah and even though he finds his comfort in water right whether it's the ocean the bath that he makes himself when his mom's not there the constantly putting his face in ice and shit like that, that. yeah that's just heavy just it's like, like trying to wash like, it away or what <laughs> i don't know yeah, there's like cleansing, yeah, yeah. elements of cleansing, there's elements of comfort, there's elements of like, you know, this is where he feels the most comfortable. And it probably is because like his life does feel like an ocean where you can feel free and like there's unlimited possibility. And at the same time, you can get swallowed and fucking yeah, drown, yeah. you know. And it's yeah, like, who is it? That, that, the scene where they're at the ocean... Um, it's such a beautiful scene on, on a lot of levels. They they have this really interesting conversation. Um, what is, I, I can't remember. I think Chiron, Chiron asks Kevin, do you ever cry? 
and Kevin just says, no, like, what the fuck? Like, he kind of thinks about it. He's like, no, he's like, I don't, of course I don't cry. You know, he's yeah. kind of still has that, that front. And then Chiron just admits, like, I cry all the time. Sometimes I cry so much, I think I'm just going to turn into, into drops. What does he say? Something like yeah. that. Like, yeah. And then, and then Kevin kind of just like, and then you could roll into the ocean. And it's like, it going on what Jay says, it's like, there's a very strong relationship with Chiron and the, and the water and the ocean. And yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's heavy. It's deep. It's poetic, dude. And it's, and I, this is, I love the water too. Like I, I, when I was, I couldn't even walk yet. I crawled, we lived in these apartments and I crawled into the hot tub. Like oh, the, the gate was open. Oh God. He has a baby just like straight up went, crawled and plopped in the hot tub. And there's people in there and they were just like, Oh, like picked me up out of the water. My mom comes running out and they're just like, yeah, he was just like floating, you know, just there. And I've, I've never really been like afraid of it. And, and I know some people are afraid of it, especially like deep water or oceans and shit. Yeah. For me, that like feels I'm the most comfortable in that environment. Like I, I know how to swim really well. I like mm. to, you know, explore deep water, shit like that. Um, yeah. So I, I had a it was cool to see it kind of used in that way for me. I think another a good scene at the beach with with Chiron and Juan is is where you kind of or for me where I kind of got like the the real like okay Juan is his dad like Juan is being a dad right here like oh, when he's yeah. holding him and teaching him some... and stuff oh. and it just goes from there like when they have dinner the next time he's like you sit at this other chair because you never want your back to the to the door right you always want to he was like teaching him survival yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it's kind of crazy but like you know there's that there's that deeper thing where he is a drug dealer he is enabling chiron's mother if not directly right because yeah. he's not selling other drugs maybe but he's still selling other people drugs and like you know enabling this yeah. life to happen for other people and yeah yeah super complex and super yeah, yeah even just juan's character going through some shit when he does run into Chiron's mom. Oh, God damn, dude. That was yeah. crazy. That confrontation, I was like, Jesus Christ. And he's like, are you going to raise my son? And he's like, are you? And they're all yelling at each other. It's like, oh my God, this is so intense, dude. Yeah. yeah. He was, yeah. He was <laughs> up in her face. I was like, I was expecting him to slap her. Like, I was like ready for him to backhand her. And I was just like, it, he kind of, she kind of deserves it, but like also like, don't hit a woman, but like I don't know what the fuck is like. There was just like some <laughs> some weird uh, conflict that was going on there for sure. Dude, but, honestly, um, shouts out to the mom as an oh, actress. Oh, she did really oh, fucking shit, well. Shit, dude, you hated her, or uh, yeah. like you know, and the scenes where, especially when Sharon is little, where they would face off like in the hallway, you know, oh man, no <sighs> dialogue, yeah. like sound and like looking and going back and forth. That shit was heavy. Yeah, was dude. Crazy. Every time they were together, it was just so like you're walking on eggshells, dude. Like, yeah. Part one of the scenes that broke my fucking heart was when he, when he's, when it's like the first act and he's a little kid, and he just had this wonderful day. I think, I think with Juan, right? And he gets mm -hmm. back home and he's smiling, he's all happy, and then reality sets in and he sees his mom all pass out on the couch and he's just like that frown, just I mean that smile just fucking melts away and he's like. 
right, I gotta go take care of my mom. Like, I was like, fuck, man, this is yeah. this hurts. Hurts to watch. Honestly, yeah. shout out to young Chiron too because yeah, he was really how good. How the fuck yeah. do you act like like that? That young, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he did. He did amazing. Like almost no lines, and it was so good still. Yeah, they did a lot of interesting stuff with with the storytelling in that that first act where you where they're kind of revealing that uh, Chiron's mother is drug addict. Like they. The first time he returns home, Juan drops him off. He's about to put like a movie into the VHS player or whatever, and um, his mom's just like, "No, you can't, you can't watch a movie right now, whatever." The next time he goes home, after we're kind of thinking that maybe, maybe her, his mom's on drugs, there's a shot of like where the TV would be, and it's gone, it's missing, mm-hmm. and it's like it, it kind of just alludes to she sold it, like it was sold for crack money, you know? Yeah, and they have like little things like that that are that are interesting. Dude, the details man this is like yeah this is where the movie gets gets a high a high score for me because it's, <laughs> when you pay when you're paying this much attention dude like this is like the you know the art of film like this is it mm-hmm. yeah and it's but when you're telling a story like this holy shit man it just amplifies it that much more yeah so i think we've we've talked a lot about I feel like we've leaned more towards talking about chapter one and chapter two, the first two acts. Um, let's dive into more of the third act because this is where, for me, I think it, it started to fall off a little bit. I, it, I don't know. I, I can't say it progressively got worse because that's the wrong. That's absolutely the wrong thing. Maybe it progressively got less great for me, if that makes sense. Um, Because I really loved the first two acts. The third one I struggled with. So I want to hear your guys' take on that. I mean, I have thoughts, but... (laughs) I've been talking a lot, so... I don't know. It's okay, man. It's good talking. I mean, the third act is is interesting, and it's the one that you kind of remember the least about because it's not... Not a lot happens, right? Right. Um, but you do see okay before we go here though i do want to just point out one other thing that sure, i sure sure in between the transition of act one to act two and act two to act three the lights the lights. <laughs> yeah. yeah one is blue one is red, red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they're like cop cop car lights but you're only seeing one color at a time right ah. it's really cool just a really cool yeah color. yeah i did the notice second that. time that you see it is the time that he actually gets in a cop car and goes to jail right and so the ending of Act Two is like the end of Chiron's innocence. This is where he is confronted with the reality of like prison life. Yeah. And this is where the facade of being hard drops and the reality of being hard kicks in, right? Right. And that's what Act Three opens with. He's in the badass car, he has the same little crown as Juan. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, by the way. He's yeah, yeah. And, and that was it's just for me i get it it's not in itself it's not like a crazy act in terms of like things happening but it is like the transformation is complete the lies that right. he has had to live his entire life have become true and that has a lot of depth like <laughs> even though he lives those things he is still not those things right you know? And we see, I mean, there was the, the, the turning point that we talked about earlier where Kevin has to beat, beat the shit out of Chiron. 
that was the turning point where Chiron is just like, okay, fucking no more Mr. Nice Guy. He, you know, he goes into the classroom, gets the fucking chair and breaks it over that motherfucker. <laughs> dude, I literally shit. almost jumped out of my chair. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Let's that was, go. You know, you, you see before, like, like Jay was saying, it was the front of being hard, right? And that's when he makes the, the conscious decision. That's when the switch flips. There's a scene earlier where he does that like flinch thing, you know, but you can tell it's so like, you know, it's so yeah, yeah. Their, their backs are turned. Shower, a shower thought. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And it's laughable, but he makes that transition the, the because, and that, that's what makes it really complicated because, you know, him, his relationship with Kevin um, meant that thing meant so much to him and then and then kevin doing that to him and chiron knowing why he had to really just that's what flipped the switch so yeah, yeah. i think it's important to kind of to note that for sure um okay so at, let, let's go on act three there's uh, one thing in act three that i did notice that was really cool is a camera thing so when he's driving and he picks up that dude the camera is attached to the door yeah, right? yeah. So he opens the door and the camera like swings out and you see him. That shot was so cool. Yeah, and this is cool. one of those like low budget things, right? What do yeah. we do with the camera? Just fucking put it on the door. Well, we have to open the door. Just fucking leave it on the door. Like, that's sick, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just fucking tape it on there, dude. I don't know. <laughs> just leave it. Why do we have to just leave it? Yeah, because like and when it's in the facing the inside of the car it's like a normal ass shot but then it swings out you're like oh fuck like it kind of yeah. takes you with it like literally i don't know right yeah um so we see now that uh chiron is this hardened drug dealer he turns into a drug dealer you know just like juan was he's like busting the chops of the people below him kind of thing you know and just a completely different person it's almost Dude, like yeah you have to you have to like you you know that it's you know that it's Chiron because I mean because this is the only character you're really following, but there's also a dream that he had. I think he wakes up from a dream that he had of his mom staring at him in the hallway. I don't know what when that happens exactly. If that happens right at the beginning of Act Three or oh, but yeah. it was a big it was like a big thing where he's kind of remembering his childhood and you you know, you're seeing his journey, but um yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, the interesting like, part about that is like, it, when okay, when Kevin calls him and he's like, "Yo, this guy came in, played this song, made me think of you," blah blah blah. Like, right. you know that Chiron has not stopped thinking about those events for as long as he's been alive yeah and with kevin you're like not really sure you're like does he even really care like obviously he's thinking about chiron in the moment he probably thinks about him every now and then but like he also has a child right we yeah. learned that he had a relationship with the woman right. right they are not together anymore but they're cool but they have a kid and they have to be cool for the kid and like it's a whole ass thing whereas like chiron's entire existence is battling this these feelings inside of him and like he never stop thinking about that you know yeah and that difference is really interesting on top of the differences in the past that they they had to go like i mean kevin assumingly well i guess he did go to jail at some point right they do mention that but chiron yeah. went to jail you know came out got hard started trapping all that shit 
and Kevin like started a family, then went to jail, and they like they just drop a little line about that where he's like, "I got sent up for some stupid shit, like we always do. It's always stupid shit." Yeah. And I was for that for me it struck hard because I was thinking about in this other movie that I watched uh, about Fred Hampton the police literally locked him up for like five to seven years or some shit for stealing ice cream, which he like didn't even do, you know, like this is the kind oh, of shit that happened. Yeah. And probably still does today. Oh yeah. Like, absolutely does. It's no, you, you see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess I shouldn't say probably it does. No, and, it absolutely does. Yeah. And uh, even though this movie is not about that, like they still managed to just drop little hints about it. And, uh, hmm. That one just hit different for me because of other things that I've seen this week. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to the third act, but it's not my favorite act either. I mean, I, mm. I yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. that transformation, even visually, dude. He's like the scrawniest person I've ever seen in the second oh, act. Yeah. And then in the third, he is jacked out of his goddamn mind. Absolutely shredded. Yeah. Um, yeah, but to go back to, to Kevin really briefly, like, he, Kevin going into jail or, you know, doing time and then getting out and then still kind of going through and becoming a functioning member of society, right? Like working as a like as a cook, um, it just really cements the fact that that Kevin is very, he's very adaptable. He's like a very adaptable person. He can he can roll with the punches like he did it in high school. He's doing it as an adult like he he got out of the system. He's still on probation. He started a family. It didn't work out with the woman, but he has a job. He's doing well. And uh, Chiron is the complete, the polar opposite of that. He can't figure out how to roll with the punches. And he's constantly in battle with, with society and with himself and how, you know, that thing. So it was this interesting contrast between the two characters and then their relationship with one another, how they kind of came together was... I don't know. It complemented each other, I think, pretty well. So I did like that, like, yeah, that aspect they added to it. I I like the. I mean, you know, we assume that like Chiron's only father figure was Juan, so like eventually he became that. We don't really know anything about Kevin, but he does mention like, oh, when I was locked up, they threw me on the food line, and I really like cooking, so now I'm a cook, you know. Mm -hmm. and he, said very adaptable like he was like oh cool right like yeah. he got something out of that experience and he like is happy that that's what he's doing yeah and he just lives his life like i think he says right he's like you know i've got i work this job i've got this apartment mm -hmm. i don't have any worries like i'm happy with what i'm doing and shit like that where he knows i think even he knows that chiron is like conflicted as hell on the inside on the outside like always kind of unsure of what's going to happen to him, you know? Yeah. And that, you know, that, okay, so um, Kevin calls up Chiron. Chiron's living in a different Is that controversial? And Chiron goes back to visit. He, he speaks with his mom, who's in a rehab center. Not doing amazing, but at least she's clean. And then he, and then he visits uh, Kevin, and they kind of, there, there's a lot to this movie that I think is um, is very unspoken. I think with with all of the relationships in each act, because there's a lot more that has to go on with Juan that's not on screen. There's a lot more I think that goes on with Kevin 
and and Chiron that's not on screen because the reason that Kevin calls Chiron is because somebody went in that reminded him of Chiron and played a song. Do you guys, was there a song ever? Were they listening to a song when he dropped him off in the car or something? Did I miss that? He hmm? plays a song for him later. No, but Just like in the car, like a meaning street. between them. You're saying right? Right, because uh, I I don't think that they actually showed that, which makes me believe that Chiron and Kevin ha- like maybe had something more of a relationship. Oh. If there was a song that reminded them, you know, it's a romantic song. Like we didn't see that. I don't I think, don't that think was shown. so. I feel like I, the day after the beach was when he punched him in the face and shit. Was it not? It felt like yeah. it at least. Well, oh, that's that's true. But what what song would he like? I mean, I was trying to listen to the lyrics, but I don't remember if it. It's just like yeah. a, lo- I don't know, a love song. Yeah, and it just kind of. Yeah, I think that's, that's all I it thought. Yeah. Okay, okay. They had like a song together. It wasn't their song together that reminded them of each other, but the lyrics resonated. Lyrics. Maybe yeah, exactly. That's what okay. I think. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I was trying to think. I was like, why. Like, why choose these three points of Chiron's life to show, I guess? And I guess it seems like these are, like, the only three little periods of his life where he had someone, like, an ally to him, like, to let him be himself, if you know what I mean? Like, these are, like, the only times that that's happened, and that just, like, is so sad. I don't know. Because he has it with Juan and Teresa. Yeah, like, they accept him, and then... Kevin accepts Kevin. him, and then Kevin right. again, yeah. Yeah, I I can see that. I took it as um, it was just like three transformational points in his life. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, it's the relationship. It, it can be both. They're not mutually exclusive. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's a good that's a good point. The kind of like yeah, because I mean, how would you, you know, at that stage, like if you had anybody that you could talk to about how you were feeling for real that'd yeah. be huge yeah because so this is go ahead Tar. there's that line that kevin says or no not kevin uh sharon tells him he's like i haven't been touched by anyone since you or whatever and that was yeah. like a long ass ago like 10 You're years ago like there's, yeah, me, yeah. yeah yeah so it's like that probably fucking tears through him all the time you know it's like oof yeah. oh yeah there was this this thing that i was alluding to earlier that about it being very very real and maybe sometimes too real where the um too not too real in the sense that i was just like this is weird to be watching on screen like watching a movie it feel it, it felt like this is this is just how two people would talk to each other which it doesn't feel written at all which which is a good thing right yeah. that's a good thing. you don't want it to seem yeah. scripted and the the dialogue between Kevin and Chiron in the third act, you know, especially when they're at the restaurant, it's kind of awkward. It's a little bit, there's like some weird, you can tell that they're, they're holding things back and, and Chiron is having a difficult time with communicating like anything. And part of me, while I was watching it, I was uncomfortable and I was just like, it, like, is this just awkward dialogue? Is, are, the, are the two actors not meshing well? Or like, is this so fucking good that they're meshing so well that this is how the relationship this is how the conversation actually would be it would it would be this awkward mm-hmm. right yeah. like yeah because oh sorry it's like 
when you when they show Chiron in the third act in Atlanta is where he is, and he's fucking yeah. with that guy, and he's like all like kind of being more talkative and like you know like just yeah. personable, I yeah. guess. And then once he's talking to Kevin and face to face with him, he like shrinks back to like You're the previous right. acts. Chiron, he's just like not talking, like not looking yeah. at him. Like I was like, fuck. Yeah, God. Kevin says you still only kid. say three words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to back up the like realness part too, like they don't that scene is really really interesting because they don't just give you he goes into the diner they recognize each other they sit down and eat and drink and talk because they they get interrupted like kevin keeps having to leave to go deal with the diner like it does feel very real Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's i don't know it's maybe it's deeper maybe it's deeper than i think like maybe i need to go back and watch it and i can (laughs) Just to yeah. be like, no, it is good, you know? Yeah. But, uh, and I, I stole this one from Jordan, but when there was some point in the movie, she was like, oh, Chiron is shy. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's, it's an interesting name, right? Chiron. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's shy. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and, and Kevin is the most normal name you could have. Like, <laughs> oh, that's that's good. Um, yeah, and again, I think you know my my brain was just hardwired to be like, oh, like they finally meet again ten years later. They're gonna see each other, and just this warm embrace is gonna happen, and they're gonna be like, I've loved you all these years. I've loved you all these years and run off into the sunset, right? Like that's just where my head yeah, was yeah. going. But yeah. um, reality reality sets in. And it's just like, Chiron is still not comfortable with coming to terms with it. Like he still doesn't, he, he still is holding up that, that facade of like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm from the fucking streets. Like this is what I have to do to survive. I can't be yeah. gay. Like, you know, that's kind of, this thing that he's that he's struggling with and which really brings i mean let's just let's just bring it home like which really brings the the very last scene where they're at uh they're at kevin's apartment and like i was actually kind of sad i I heard the beach water kevin lives by the beach i thought they were going to go to the beach and they were going to have that conversation at the the beach where it all started kind of thing and I was really excited. I was like, oh, shit, they're going. Me and Samantha were like, oh, my God, they're going to go to the beach. They're going to go to the spot, you know, <laughs> which I think would be really beautiful. But again, it's 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 reality. Right. And so they go they go into the apartment. They have this these very awkward conversations for a while. And then Chiron eventually, as Terrence said, he just says, you're the only man who's ever touched or you're the only one who's ever touched me. And, you know, the last scene is just a, a close up shot of chiron being vulnerable for one of the one of the only times you see it on screen probably in his life dude fuck and and in his life right and you just see him kind of laying on kevin's chest and kevin's just kind of comforting him and it just just cuts to black and it's just well then it flips to young chiron on the beach yeah oh that's right that's right right. and he looks back at the camera and then it that's right that's right that's right yeah dude so good dude it's yeah (laughs) there's i i know that we that was that's like a beautiful like tied up ending um but there was one thing that i noticed in act three sure no take it back yeah that's fine when he gets to the diner he's bumping i'm a classic man 
right? Mm -hmm. The song. Mm -hmm. And like but it fits it's... everything. Yeah. He's a classic man. He's ripped. He's hard. He's it's man to man. Man's man. But it's a remix. It's not the original song. I was like, holy shit, dude. That's fucking big too. That's like big symbolism. Like Yeah. It goes I, back to the whole classical cool music with hip hop playing throughout. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. It's always the two things just trying to like fight and fuse and you know mm -hmm. it's, exist together. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh it's intense. This is an intense one. It's an intense one to start off with. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. like it's uh layers deep. So, so you were saying something about the music, the orchestral, I guess, music. I don't know, classical music with hip hop. What do you, what do you? Um, yeah. So saying? throughout the movie, there's like that aren't like real songs. There's like yeah, orchestral like transition songs or whatever kind yeah. of like B-roll songs that are they're played to like hip hop motifs, like beats or like, oh, are they things taken oh, from okay. other not as straightforward as like in us where there's like the very clearly you know uh yeah. what's the song that they do i got five on yeah, I got five. yeah it's not like that but it is like a fusion of so are the you know, classical songs actual songs or you're just saying there is a layer of hip-hop in the songs it, there's it's it's hip-hop uh i don't think i don't remember if they're real songs or not they might be and maybe i just don't know them um but they're like hip-hop structured songs oh, okay played on classical instruments right I see. so like it's the whole thing right packaged up for music it's what some would say is like proper right being classical with like the hip-hop side which those same people would say is like degenerate or mm -hmm. you know whatever and is like kind of again the conflict but like music gonified is that a word <laughs> like, it isn't you know, that it's these are the details that separate you know a, a good film from a great film for me and it's you know you're already like i said before uh, should i just go into my review i feel like i'm I going to right review. Right. Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> let's just start this up let's let's okay. see I thought you were um, gonna say separates a movie from a film, and I was gonna be like, "All right, hold on, <laughs> relax, bro." He's go got ahead, a twenty-four shirt on. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's a film. This one's a film. Film fumblers, um, not movie fumblers. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's like, it's, it's heavy. It's deep. It's multiple layers. It's all these things. Um, it's a constant struggle. It's a conflict internally and externally, which is rare because in a lot of like storytelling rules, right? You you do one or the other. There's man versus man. There's man versus a primordial evil or creature, or there's man versus himself. But in this one, you kind of get a little bit of everything, right? Right. And it's a story that is already like very difficult to tell as it is. But to just add and sprinkle in all these little details around it that just boosts it that much more, I mean, that's got to be hard to do. And you have to be paying the fuck attention to it. And this movie was shot in 25 days, dude. That is insane. That's insane. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that I think are like 
really interesting and things that I, I, I guess that we probably couldn't really relate to. Like the fact that like, why would somebody like Juan just take in Chiron off the streets for no reason? Right. Like that element of culture, I feel like is not really something that I'm familiar with, although it's something that I really love that happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when they're shooting the movie, they, so for context here, Barry Jenkins and the, the other writer that wrote the play, they grew up around the same area, like they knew each other. And so they tried to film in the same areas where they grew up. So like these mm -hmm. housing projects were like actually places that they live. Yeah, most and of it was they, actually filmed there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when they brought like this like whole crew to do this movie, you know, people, I would assume like producers and stuff expected like bad things to happen. But some one of the producers or somebody who worked on the set was quoted saying like, this is I've never seen a community come out and show love for this like this movie. Dude, like wow. everybody who was in around, like actually living in these places came out and was like, this is sick. Like we're going to whatever you guys need, like we're here to like That's help amazing. you make sure that this goes well, because like those people don't get much representation. Like that's just the reality. And so when this big production, seemingly big, right, you say it has a pretty low budget, comes in, which they even had like police escorts for, for some of the cast and crew, because like people just weren't sure what was going to happen. Uh, what they got instead was like a pure outpouring of love and community, right? Which just goes right back into the movie. Like you see Juan and Chiron's relationships start out of this community yeah. of love and looking out for one another and shit. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. And like, we need more of that you know um so there's a lot to learn from not only on a filmmaking level but on like a humanity level um honestly i don't even know what my score is like, I'm, <laughs> I'm completely improv in this like it's i didn't write anything down but for me i don't know i i don't think that i can give it anything below a nine and do it justice so i think i have to give it like a nine even. All right. Yeah. Lower Keeping than I thought. The, the film from the Hall of Fame dream alive. Lower than you thought, Taryn. Do you want to go next? No, for him, for Jay. No, I'm just saying, calling it a I'm masterpiece and shit. Yeah, I'll go next. I, I said it borders, it borders a masterpiece. Okay. Borders. Very, I see. Very good. Okay, so a nine out of Jay. Taryn, take it away. So yeah, I guess... All the opening thoughts that you had, Adrian, were like my main thoughts for this whole thing, where it was like a little overhyped, a little like struck about how the movie played out and the like the acts and stuff. Because, like, dude, I could have watched a two hour movie about just young just Chiron, dude. Yes. I was hoping that's what it was because I was like, I want to see Ch Chiron and Juan like do more shit together. <laughs> like, I can watch this like all day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then once it switched, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, this is these are very small like slivers of his life that they're showing, and even the third one, I don't know, like where I was, my head was at at that point. But even seeing the third one come around, I was like, "Damn!" Like, where is this going? Like, this is this is a wild movie. Like, just the structure of it, you know what I mean? So that definitely caught me off guard and took me out a little bit. But like, I totally understand why it's they did it and like appreciate it like it's really a cool like a uh, cool way to do like just a coming of age story it's not like just like a, a weekend or like whatever like most of them are it's like 
here are three different parts of this person's life like it's so cool and like just to see like just someone struggling with these things man like i love movies like this like i love just walking in people other people's other people's shoes like other experiences and just seeing like how fucked up it could be for some things and like this movie it does it so realistically that it's like fuck man you feel like i feel like i don't know if you don't feel in this movie like i don't know what to tell you because that's crazy but yeah like from a filmmaking perspective this movie was gorgeous dude like i saw i think it was i don't know if it was like a quote or whatever but like the director was saying like he purposefully stayed away from a documentary style approach Mm. which i kind of appreciate because i liked the weird camera angles and the like uh like clear picture and lighting and all that stuff like i don't know i just really like that about it instead of just being like handheld or like super i don't know low quality camera and stuff yeah Yeah. um i don't know what else is there to say man i feel like jason that are pretty good i don't know what to rate it either because i'm like over here like i could have watched a movie about each of these three acts and not getting not getting that much of each one just a little bit of a letdown but it's like that's just that's how it is yeah hmm I don't know, man. I guess I'll go like an eight five. Like this conversation definitely helps. Like I'm like over here feeling. I'm like, damn, dude. Like all these shots were <laughs> so good. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So an eight point five out of Taryn. Okay. So yeah. I mean, I I feel like I'm right there with Taryn. I I agree with the you know a lot of of his same thoughts on the on the film overall. I think. Um, as I've kind of mentioned earlier, it's it's almost too, like too realistic. It's it's so realistic, and I think at some points it it is like to its detriment, where it turns into is this good storytelling? Because you know, in in more of a traditional sense, like I wanted more out of the relationship between Chiron and Juan. Like I wanted to see that thing, but in a heartbeat. Juan is gone and Chiron's a teenager and it just it just moves on and I'm like okay you know that's that's life right and it happens and you know a lot of the a lot of the writing is you know especially at the end it was like so good but also so awkward and it made you feel uncomfortable but I'm, I'm kind of torn between is that is that masterfully done, you know, like, or is it just like, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. So this is weirding me out kind of thing. <laughs> I was, I was struggling with that. Um, but you know, that's, I, you can make the argument like, that's what art is. Like, that's what this movie was trying to do. It was, it was putting you into that situation and making you feel so much. Like Terrence said, I mean, if you don't feel from watching this movie, like, I don't know, like <laughs> this, this, is fucking, this movie yeah. was, was made to like make you fucking feel. And, and it did. Um, I think. Yeah, I think what what uh, what what holds me back is just, I wanted, wanted more out of. I just wanted to see Chiron come out of his shell more, and. That was the ultra realistic part of it is that like he couldn't. He just literally couldn't. Not not because he was not because he, was like just afraid of showing his emotions or whatever it is. Like he literally could not to survive. 
Like he had to make these conscious choices to this is the this is the world that I'm living in and this is the the man that I have to be to survive in this world. And you know, I don't know. Well well done for for writing it that way and for for telling the story that way. Um but as again as far as a you know, just a, a film adaptation, just like a storytelling view. I think there was something to be, they left something to be desired from there. So that's why I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards, you know, not my favorite A24 for sure, um, but still a great, great film. And I think immediately after I finished watching it, I was like, huh, like me and my girlfriend looked at each other like, hmm, that, that was interesting. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And, and I think this conversation uh, really, that's why I love having these. Like it really unpacked like, oh, like this is what I feel and this is why I feel that way. And um, this movie is beautiful. I mean, it is, it is a work of art and it, and it really helps the audience like see through Chiron's eyes and, you know, kind of try to take a walk in their shoes for, for a brief second and, for that, it, it's great. It is great. So with all of that being said, I'm, I'm kind of right there in between Taryn and Jay. Uh, it's like an 8.7 out of yeah. 8.7 out of 10 for me. Nice. Yeah. So let's see what that That's puts fair. with that. Fair scores. Oh, what did I do here? Oh, I divided by four. Jesus, <laughs> I was like, how did we get a six? Hold on. We got a nine, an 8.5, an 8.7. Um. 8.73. So yeah, right, right in between. Great score, great movie. Um, I'd actually be curious to see other things, you know, that came out of Barry Jenkins, that came out of this director. There's, what's that other one we would think Bill about? Bill Street. Uh, yeah. What is it called? If Bill Street yeah. would talk, you know? Yeah. Like There's that, some yeah. other, yeah, he, he's, he's known for some other stuff. So I'd, I'd for sure be curious to see that, but. Yeah, so uh, we landed at an 8.73 on this one. We'd love to know what you guys think. Let us know what you rate this movie out of 10. Leave those comments anywhere you find this video. Find all of those, filmfumblers.com, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that you can find there. Um, next week, that is going to be February 13th, we will be reviewing Queen and Slim. So tune into that one that one's available hbo max i believe yeah so yeah find it there to cover it you guys got anything else to add you thought yeah, about it, does it. Does it. all right thanks so much guys have a great rest of your night see ya cheers cheers cheers